0: Hello, and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin, and this is my co-host, Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today, we're talking about ants. Z, I've known you for a long time, right? Yeah, definitely.
1: you were two seconds after
0: me. Yeah, and ever since we were little, I've been listening to you complain. What are you bitching about? In case you haven't noticed, we ants are running this show. We're
1: the lords of the earth. Hey. Don't talk to me about her, it's okay? Because I just spent all day hauling it around. There's <sighs> just got to be a better place. This is an American animated ant adventure comedy.
0: Directed by Eric Darnell and Tim Johnson.
1: The cast includes Woody Antolin, Ray Stants, Stan- Miss Dismore, Dr. Mary Albright, Roger Murtaugh, Royal Tenenbaum, Ant Lowe, Martin Crane, Rocky, Catherine Tremell, Captain Coons, and the voice of Tigger. I watched this movie on Netflix. Joey, how did you watch it? I also watched it on Netflix. Still subscribed to Netflix. Still getting the benefits.
0: My parents are still subscribed to Netflix, and I don't think they re- remember that because oh. somehow my house is the house that Netflix thinks is the main house. So I don't think they've so-
1: tried. That's hilarious because my dad just told me that he was going to cut me off of the Netflix and then he texted me the next day. He was like, I'm sorry about that. You can have the Netflix. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, But Netflix definitely has fallen
0: off. I I don't watch basically anything on
1: Netflix. Uh, Yeah, I think Jenny watches Love is Blind, but that's about it, so...
0: Well, except for when I'm watching Ants, which I do exclusively on Netflix. Before we begin our analysis of this film, we will succinctly summarize the events in our special 60-second synopsis. If you'd like to skip the synopsis, just scrub ahead 60 seconds right
1: now. Z is just a lonely worker ant in a big colony, but he's unhappy with his life and longs for a change. A chance encounter with Princess Bala inspires him to impersonate a soldier ant. Just as the army is sent to war, the war is
0: a fabrication by the ant general Mandible. He wants to exterminate the worker class and the queen, leaving only the soldiers and his betrothed Princess Bala. The war
1: is a massacre, and only Z survives through cowardice and dumb luck. The worker sees Z as a hero who rose above his station to achieve greatness. But Z uses his audience with the royal family to kidnap the princess and flee the colony. Z and Bala adventure to the mythical
0: Insectopia. They encounter a picnic and a giant shoe before stumbling upon an overfilled trash can. The legends were true. Insectopia is
1: real. General Mandible's right-hand aunt, Cutter, tracks down Bala and brings her back to the colony. Z pursues. They arrive just in time to thwart General Mandible's dastardly plan and save the colony and the queen. Z and Bala are celebrated as heroes the end there you have it the events of ants we'll
0: begin our analysis by going over the pros and cons joey what did you like
1: about ants um there are some good ant related humor and antics although bugs life did it better uh there's a creative use of perspective which i thought was also you know required quite a bit of imagination which I, i liked and there were parts where i laughed what about you? <laughs> okay, kind of a short list there. Uh, the I thought the
0: computer animation held up surprisingly well. I was expecting for my eyes to bleed when I watched this and they didn't. I was uh, you know, I, I wow. thought I thought it was <laughs>
1: Not quite as bad as razor blades in your eyes. Love that.
0: <laughs> Again, it's it's much better than that. It's a pretty low bar, but I think that the animation holds up surprisingly well, surprisingly well considering when this movie came out. It's fun animation for adults, and I, I think actually to this movie's detriment, it almost leans too hard into being for adults. But as an adult, I I enjoyed this animation. Like you said, funny ant slash bug comedy they they took full advantage of being you know making jokes about bugs which at the time probably seemed really <laughs> novel uh, it, if you if you look at this movie it, if it was the only 1998 film about bugs you'd really think it was creative this movie is short which is good it didn't necessarily need to be longer although you could have added more i keep on trying to do cons here i'm trying to stay positive i like that it was short it has a fairly <laughs> radical critique of society, something that I'm not sure is like, it's kind of brave almost to go this far and say some of the things they say. And also, you know, there's some messages in here that I agree with that this, this movie is at least trying to express. So those are the things we liked. Let's move on to things we didn't like. Joey, what are your cons for ants?
1: Oh, where do I start? Um, I don't like a single character um i think the plot is nonsense i think it was painful to look at uh the animation was uncanny um uh, the bugs were disgusting z's face is the wrong shape um and then what is this movie advocating for is is it celebrating individualism and consumerism um and i also felt like this movie was way more horny than was necessary Mm. I'm not saying that I, I needed like I needed this to be some sort of, you know, blank slate Ken doll uh, situation, right, where, where nobody's getting together. But the fact that most of our characters are um, uh, trying to get with another character of the opposite sex, I felt was unnecessary. Um, I felt like this movie was promoting um, uh, heterosexuality. Uh, to a degree that I felt was um, unnecessary and disgusting for kids, um, I think that we need to cut down on this um, <laughs> on this kind of groomer uh, breeder um, mentality that wow. has uh, infected our uh, society and uh, and you know it, it's not appropriate for kids to see this kind of thing. Uh, they might grow up thinking that it's okay to uh, kiss a girl. Wow um, the end. <laughs>
0: It definitely suffers from that. I feel like a lot of animated movies have the problem where everybody has to have a girlfriend at the end. This isn't quite as bad as robots, which basically spends the last three minutes of the movie just shipping everyone who possibly could be shipped. But um, I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. You didn't like a single character. You didn't even like uh, Sylvester Stallone as the big buff weaver. ant. I loved him. What was you bitching about? I was like, oh, <laughs> where did that come from? Why do we need to drop a B word
1: right here? It's totally. It
0: is PG. They're in a bar. They're movie. in a bar.
1: Of course. This is how you <laughs> talk at the bar with your friends. I, I After further reflection, I think I actually do like General Mandible. I think he is my favorite character. Um, okay but other okay. than that uh yeah no i don't i don't know who thought bringing sylvester stallone into a recording booth was a good idea but <laughs> i'd like to talk i like to talk to them about that
0: oh man well actually this is going to be a uh easter egg but it turns out that arnold schwarzenegger was supposed to voice weaver but he asked to be paid to do so and sylvester <laughs> stallone said i'll do it for free Really? Yeah. So you didn't even get paid for that? Apparently not. I don't even know how that makes any sense. But <laughs> IMDB.com seems to claim that that is the case. Um, that's incredible. Okay. Well, some of my cons. I agree with you. The plot is nonsense, especially how they kind of rapidly get back to the ant colony from Insectopia. We spent so much time trying to get there, and then it's just teleport home and get back on <laughs> they with can the fly. fly. They plot. fly now. Yeah, but that's so lame. <laughs> The color scheme for this movie is terrible. Most of the movie is just brown and gray. I know that makes Insectopia look that much more magical by contrast, but it it's not worth the cost of staring at brown and gray for 90% of this film. I appreciate the messages this movie's trying to push forward, but they're ham-fistedly shoehorned in and don't seem to come up organically in the story at all. They just are are and then when they are, they punch you in the face with them and say, "Hey, remember this! Don't ki- don't be a conformist! Don't be a conformist!" Like it's, it's like, okay, thank you. They're very eloquently put why does the gen- why does general mandible always have to say things that are technically true but have multiple meanings
1: Where he's <laughs> his like, best quality i love that about him uh,
0: the princess is very important for our future and she's yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh she he's talking about our collective future as the, the entire the colony. conflation
1: of the colony and himself right he's like it's, it's what's good for the colony but he thinks of it as himself it's very trumpian um
0: it's which so, i which it's I so appreciate. hilarious maybe roll my eyes uh, uh, okay. yeah i you know maybe that's not a bad thing it this movie skips having an ending it, as soon oh, yeah. as the villain is defeated they just say okay that's it remember oh what if this like society is actually just a small speck in a larger society and that's larger society is new york city because Ooh. i'm i'm woody allen and i love new york city apparently in all my movies so i have to <laughs> reference it here what if it was central park you know uh, but, but but like not to say that that's a bad thing to have but having only that is the
1: issue they they don't yeah they don't even have like a black screen with like text under it it's like and then z went on to um you know win the nobel prize uh creating a um peace between different bug races and united right. the bugs yeah, nothing like that
0: it doesn't su- suggest a solution to any of the problems of society that it points out which is yeah, that's a problem. You can't just say society bad. You need to well, tell. It just us-
1: says I changed the social order. Yeah, boy changes uh, underlying social order.
0: Tell us how. Show it to how us. Does that you change? literally have a movie. You're not. You have seven more minutes before you hit the ninety minute mark. So do something <laughs> with that. Okay. All right. Here's another thing. Ants should not have teeth. I, don't I know agree. Whose
1: idea? I percent. Who this. this?
0: It's so crazy to compare. It, when you compare Bugs Life to ants, there's a bunch of comparisons, They're almost unavoidable. But just how they decided to animate ants, Pixar was like, What if we made something that was nice to look at? <laughs> and then DreamWorks was like, Nightmares. We have to cause nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> they should not have teeth watching z try to bite his way through the cellophane wrapping or the plastic wrap around the sandwiches was definitely the stuff of nightmares i was not a big fan and finally i i'm always going to complain about this if if i notice it in your film product placement yeah okay we're going to have the shoe only land on the ground in the various orientations that give us a perfect Reebok logo directly pointed at the camera and also like the pepsi products the picnic that happened after somebody watched a super bowl commercial this
1: this picnic is brought to you by pepsi exactly
0: stuff like that's like oh brother you know just make get people to watch the movie and that's how you should make your money i can't i hate product placement so lots of cons (laughs) for this one so far let's Dive into it in our overall section, and I just want to start with some general thoughts. Going into this rewatch, I couldn't remember that much about this movie. I was so young last time I saw it, all I could remember was that there were cuss words, which was a surprise to me, and also kind of scandalous when I was that age. Also, <laughs> it gets pretty violent far more violent than a bug's life. Leading up to this podcast. I've jokingly called this the superior 1998 animated film about bugs. And I was surprised that this movie actually kind of makes a case for that. Definitely not saying it's better than Bugs Life. But there are certain aspects of this film that I think actually do hold up. And it's way, way better than what I remembered or what I was expecting. Um, you know, first of all, the cast is much deeper than I expected. I didn't realize J-Lo was in this. You know, <laughs> and um, Also, it has kind of these parallels that uh, kind of match a Bug's Life. For instance, it has its own actor from Frasier. Bug's Life has (laughs) David Hyde Pierce, who plays the stick bug. And in Frasier, he plays Frasier's brother, Niles. And Ants has John Mahoney. He plays the drunk ant who's been to Insectopia before. He plays Fraser's father, Martin. So both wow. of these movies, after my own heart, with their uh, you know, casting I think, of Frasier. I Fraser. think one of those is
1: clearly a better casting choice. The <laughs> stick bug for, for Niles, incredible. <laughs> yes,
0: honestly, John Mahoney underutilized in ants, and he was so good as the stick bug. Definitely <laughs> has that uppity attitude that comes oh, across yeah. uh, you know, from Fraser. <laughs> Uh, and then both movies also f- feature prominently disgraced actors uh, in, in a major role. Of course, we have Kevin Spacey playing Hopper in Bugs Life. And then we have Woody Allen playing Z in *Ants*. And I'm going to just get, come out and say, I don't know all that much about Woody Allen at all. I definitely don't know all that much about allegations or this or that. I've just heard people be like, Woody Allen, bad person. So I'm just going off the reputation there. I don't know if we need to necessarily litigate all that, but I think just based on what I, the research I have done, it's safe to say maybe he's not the best guy. Uh, maybe not somebody we should necessarily be idolizing. Um, I will say that, for, to the credit of Ants, I think the score is fantastic. Right when the therapist tells Z that he's made a major breakthrough by realizing he's insignificant, we get this swelling beat that is almost like, to me, is like the theme song of Ants. And it kind of brings this, this feeling that the colony is alive and active and that things are moving quickly here. And I think the, the movie's full of moments like this that I, I think are brought across thanks to this fantastic score probably the most important thing that this movie holds up better and i don't know if i, I we definitely don't agree on this but visually <laughs> i did not expect it to hold up this good uh definitely not better than a bug's life not even close honestly but for dreamworks's first attempt at computer animation i think they did pretty darn well i know it doesn't look great today and it, you would not brag about this coming out in 2024 but It was state-of-the-art back then. And there are certain things I think that they did really, really well. I love the magnifying glass gimmick at the beginning with the opening credits and then the way that they they had the magnifying glass come back and burn those ants. The scene at the picnic I thought was actually still really mind-blowing with the, the shoelace and everything, the perspective being so different. All that stuff felt re- still really cool and, and immersive, so yeah,
1: I agree i that's the part that I, like I remember the most is him being stuck to the bottom of the shoe and like going to the picnic and the cellophane and stuff, and like this time, I was really struck by how accurate the perspective felt. It felt like they were exactly the right size I could picture ants to be, um and then having them be different sizes compared to the other bugs too is very different than how bugs life handles that situation, so it's very um it felt a lot more like. Um, kind of grounded in reality in a way, <laughs> which is uh not something that I would necessarily <laughs> expect to say about this movie. Um, so I think that yeah, I think that 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 picnic scene is is probably one of the better ones and something that like stands out. And one of the things that makes Ants, I think, um, notable um on its own. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that there's again, I, I'm not sure how much of that I expected to even come across, but because. I thought that ants was going to be entirely derivative of a bug's life. Cheap knockoff, copycat. You know, you can call it these things as well, I think, still, but if you go into it with an open mind, I think there's a lot to like about ants that makes it completely different than a bug's life because it has different aims. It's different ants. It definitely has different ants. Much worse looking, <laughs> scary ants. Uh and, and I, I briefly just want to touch on Pixar versus DreamWorks. Just while we're we're kind of it's the inevitable comparisons. In case people don't know, kind of the story around this: Jeffrey Katzenberg left yep. Disney because of a feud with CEO Michael Eisner over the vacant president position after the death of Frank Wells. And then after he left, there was like a, a lawsuit that he won. Because he like didn't feel like his termination was was correct, uh, but Capstoneberg teamed up with Steven Spielberg and David Geffen, and they planned to create their own production company that would rival Pixar. And um, you know, Ants actually began development in 1988, far before this, when Walt Disney Feature Animation pitched a film called Army Ants, and they had already begun you know the gears returning on that idea when katzenberg left so when he got to dreamworks he's like well i've already been cooking on this let's take it to the finish line and that's kind of where you see our two films a bug's life yeah so
1: i think it's kind of a i don't know it's kind of up in the air whether or not katzenberg stole this idea from disney and it's not it's not clear one way or the other in fact you'll find like like Pixar, like uh, people that say that he did definitely did not. This was not, but it was not, I don't think anyone could say that this is an um, evidence of parallel thinking in any way. Both ideas came from the same place um, and were worked on by separate people. And Katzenberg purposely pitted Ants against Bugs Life to boost DreamWorks, um, like in the public image. He was looking, he sussed out um, by, uh, what, what was his name? Shoot um um Lasseter not Lasseter yeah Lassiter. so he was he was friends with John Lasseter, who was the Pixar director um and he was uh he was kind of going back and forth with him and eventually got Laster to admit when a bug's life was going to be released, so that Lass- so that Katzenberg from DreamWorks could release it a few weeks earlier to scoop them essentially um and uh you know it's it's kind of became this feud between these two guys and it's unclear about whether or not, like, um, you know, Katzenberg was doing this just because he was trying to get back at Disney, or if he thought that he was like making some sort of strategic business move. But either way, um, it all it all it really did was boost ants to a undeserving uh, level, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> I,
0: I think it's just an interesting situation, and if. I, I don't know. It's almost like the better movie still won. A uh, Bug's Life still crushed in the box office. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw Ants and they were like, that's enough bug animated movies for me. Uh, you know, <laughs> if they did, maybe they've seen A Bug's Life by now. But I just think it's an interesting little bit of, you know, it's not necessarily corporate espionage, but definitely some drama in between yeah, yeah. these production companies it, with an entertaining of- outcome.
1: The start of DreamWorks is such a fascinating story. I remember listening to a book about it, and I, I can't remember the name of it but I've mentioned it on the podcast a couple of times, and I really should go back and reread it but it's so interesting because there's all this drama and story behind each of the movies that like that DreamWorks came out with, and it was all built on this like idea that they could um Essentially, just gas up uh, Steven Spielberg to <laughs> do whatever they wanted, <laughs> because they were like, "Steven Spielberg, you're, like <clears throat> the whole idea behind DreamWorks was, was like, Steven Spielberg, we'll give you a blank check to do anything you want as long as you do it for us instead of for other people." And he's like, "Of course, I am a genius. You guys are right." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then it all it came crashing down anyway, because it was it wasn't just the uh, Spielberg's vision that caused these movies to be successful, it was other people working on it. So it's a it's a really fascinating story. Um and just like how Hollywood operates, too. I think it's kind of a um a kind of a telling tale in a way.
0: Ants is definitely the uh the toy story of DreamWorks, you know? The first try, first delving into the computer because animation. The Toy Story is great,
1: and everyone loves Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the DreamWorks' biggest success is, of course, Shrek.
0: Right, but you know, but um, do, uh, as I'm far d- as like first <laughs> first attempts, I'm being intentionally mis- disingenuous to call it that. Uh, but it is definitely their first attempt. But it's still, it's it's kind of cool to see this medium that didn't exist until. You know, it was in its infancy when we were in our infancy. You know, we are the computer <laughs> yeah, animation true. generation. So it is kind of cool to see the genesis here for DreamWorks.
1: But It's true. You are just a VTuber. I, I can see you right now, but it's not your real face. It's just right. animated version.
0: <laughs> I know. Can you believe I decided to give this avatar teeth? Um <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, getting more specific to talking about the things that happened in this movie, I picked up on three major themes while watching Ants. You know, the three major messages I think they want to get across. Number one, don't be conformist. Number two, don't allow yourself to be oppressed. And number three, supremacists are bad. Let's start with number one, don't be a conformist. Ants hits us hard with examples of why being a conformist is bad and often absurd. You're a soldier, okay. Then all you get to do is be a soldier. You're a worker, then all you do is dig. Everyone else does what they're told, so you should too. Don't think for yourself and do as you're told. One of my favorite examples of this being kind of lampooned is the way that they depict dancing. Uh, you know, in the bar scene, we see all the dance, all the ants dancing to Guantanamera in. This boring synchronized pattern. Even the song itself is really like a dulled down, simple (laughs) version. And uh, I still liked it, but it was (laughs) much more boring. (laughs) Z gets into, you know, he starts dancing and he makes up a bunch of his own dance moves, which. Look more like you know human dancing, and um, it's creative. If it's chaotic, it's creative. It- it's fun, and it's easy to see that it's better than what the rest of the ants were doing. Um, you know, it's it's. I-, I felt like that was a fun way to kind of depict exactly what they were talking about. But ants actually goes beyond just pointing that out. This movie uh, also shows us that conformity is dangerous because it can lead to your own destruction, uh, which me- leads me into theme number two: Don't allow yourself to be oppressed.
1: Just a little. Yeah, he's a worker. He used to dig around here. Worker? That's impossible. A worker can't do anything except work. Yeah, it's not like we got a choice.
0: We do have a choice. Uh, Look at Z. He decided he wanted something and he went for it. He's not alone. I used to be a soldier, and I switched places with him. Wait a second. You're telling me I don't have to be here? We got a choice? The authorities don't want you to know about it, but we don't have to work on the tunnel anymore. It's the workers who control the means of production.
1: If Z don't dig, I don't dig. People, what is this? An encounter group? Let's get back to work. Why? I don't the tunnel anymore? This guy Z? He's leading a revolution!
0: I'll get back to work. Z unintentionally starts a revolution when he kidnaps the princess because the worker ants realize. They don't have to do as they're told. They outnumber the people telling them what to do. And if they start looking out for themselves instead of doing as they're told, they can have way more freedom. This is an important realization for them because not only were they being they being forced to work, but the result of the work was leading to their own destruction in the form of the flood. Ant wants you to recognize that you're being oppressed and to take action against your oppressors. Like don't just don't, recognize it, but do something about it.
1: I like this kind of went over my head when I was watching it and I was reading some reviews about it and then it kind of clicked for me. And yeah, like this idea of like the workers are um working towards something that they don't understand and they're so alienated from their work that they're actually working toward their own destruction um without really comprehending what they're doing or questioning like why they're doing it. Um it's a powerful metaphor actually.
0: Yeah, I I agree and it's I I think um a little bit oversimplified with everybody having the exact same job. It's hard it's not a, like a direct an- analog to capitalism necessarily. Well, yeah, there's
1: there's there's the workers, there's the soldiers and there's one manager who wears a hard hat. Well actually it's so workers, soldiers, one manager a therapist a bartender
0: it's there's like a bartender there's <laughs> very limited other jobs which if i was a bartender i'd be stoked i would like i really like. yeah why doesn't
1: z want to be the bartender i be freaking right. gold. that would be a nice job actually and there's there's gig.
0: drummers people who played yes. instruments you know so there were actually more jobs i'm just wondering yeah how the so it's a kind of incomplete uh, you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> criticism of our society. but for what it is, I think it is pretty profound, especially again with how um radical the message is is that you should revolt against your your employer, your like the system that gives you what is depicted by society as your purpose that's right. uh, I think that's pretty out there. Um, so yeah, so that was. Uh, you know, our our message number two: don't allow yourself to be oppressed. And finally, number three: uh, you know, supremacists are bad. <laughs> this is, got yeah, there, this there, is there one they they're out there that we got to we got to state clearly. General Mandible wants a pure colony of army ants, and and to do that, he plots to wipe out all the worker ants. He sees the worker ants as weak and lesser beings. It's classic supremacism. Colonel Cutter points out that the workers quote have the right stuff and uh they and have kind the right of, stuff yeah <laughs> he disagrees <laughs> with general mandible and in the end the workers actually prove this by working together to dig out of mandible's watery death trap and save themselves on their own merit They they do have the right stuff they proved it because they're able to get out of you know the the death that they built for themselves under the instruction right. of mandible so, I think I think those are all things I like. I think this movie at least was attempting to say things that I, I agree with and honestly was surprised to be hearing from a movie happening in the in the late 90s. Like it almost feels a little bit ahead of its time. Uh, you know, uh anti-capitalist ants sounds like uh, some uh fever dream of uh you know, an <laughs> online leftist in 2024.
1: <laughs> it feels really like ironic i guess for this to be coming out in the 90s like before it's um before like a lot of the i guess tactics that general mandible employs are replicated by the u.s government uh in the wake of 2001 so um i'm not really sure like like what to take from that like i guess nobody cares about what movies have to say? I mean, that's part of it. Like movies that's definitely part of it. Yeah, but well, part of it, maybe nobody's watched this ant movie or, or or wanted to care about what this ant movie is about. They were too distracted by teeth. Yeah, all the teeth. <laughs> uh, how how can everyone came? Everyone walked out of ants saying, "How can I get teeth like that?" And they went on to do that instead of overthrowing the government. <laughs> <laughs> the problem
0: with. Having such great things to say, or at least such profound things to try to get across, is that this movie completely avoids having an ending. Ants, you could view Ants as a Marxist propaganda film. It shows workers alienated from their work, and it depicts endless progress eventually destroying the working class that pushes that progress forward. But what are we supposed to do with that information? Why doesn't Ants tell us what happens next? Why doesn't it (laughs) offer a solution? And Wisecrack kind of posits this same issue with Ants in their video about Ants and Bugs Life. And they reference a quote from Frederick Jameson that says, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. Even a movie as radical in its critique of capitalism as Ants can't imagine anything else to replace it
1: definitely not. Yeah, I mean this is true for any movie that's like a dystopian. The thing that survives the like the calamity or the end of the world is capitalism. We're still selling and buying things from each other. Like there is the the market is immutable. The market is um immortal. It will never it will never die. It will never go away and uh any other system is silly to even consider. Um once the once society collapses, we will just go back to being a market economy like we were in um adam and eve times <laughs> before the before the dawn of man back yep. when back when dinosaurs rolled the earth and they were trading in markets and stocks and things um my my hot take here is that ants is a bad movie and people who think that ants is better than bugs life are contrarians and deserve not to be taken too seriously <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can take that to the bank um, at, at the beginning of the movie uh, we see and hear how the collective has failed Z. He makes an appeal to individualism and selfishness. But at the end of the movie, he comes to realize that the colony is strongest when it is working together toward the good of all. My motto for this year is turning into everything in moderation, including moderation. I think selfishness has a place in our society and any utopia you hope to construct. I think for some people, they need to be more selfish even. Um, You have to stand up for yourself and defend your beliefs and values. You can't just let others take from you. Sometimes you need to take time for yourself. But in order for selfishness to be a moral act, you also have to be forgiving of other people's selfishness. What you might call an entitlement for another person might be a necessity. It's too hard to parse these kinds of things at the societal level, so I think we should allow everyone some level of selfishness, even in, you know, in uh, moderation. But is preaching individualism really something people are needing to be taught? Are Americans too used to following (laughs) orders or not thinking for themselves that an ant movie needs to tell them this? Uh, That's not how I would describe people today. (laughs) I would not describe
0: American drivers that way. American drivers definitely (laughs) don't follow orders and they definitely think for themselves. Uh, Just yesterday, I was waiting at a red light and the three cars in front of me took a left turn through a red light because they're impatient.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, all too common. Um, The the detriments of selfishness are obvious. If everyone worked uh, only in their own best interest, we wouldn't have the infrastructure and resources to support a large and growing population. I think, at the most charitable level I could be, I think Ants is attempting to thread this same needle that I've just described selfishness has its place and might even be necessary but on its own it results in tragedy both z and general mandible represent the extremes of what is being self what being selfish will bring you z uh simply longs for more freedom and some hot ant ass Uh, but general mandible's selfishness leads him to use his power to enact his insane whims which include getting some of that same hot ant ass (laughs) the question for me is whether this movie succeeds at this task and I want to say it falls straight on its too wide face because who learns this lesson? If the goal of the movie is to prove that Z was, was kind of right, but also kind of wrong, where does he come to the realization that the good of the colony is also the best outcome for him? That his worldview is flawed and needs an update. I think we actually get something that represents that. At the end, he helps organize the worker ants into a giant ladder that leads to their salvation. But isn't this still selfishness? isn't this the exact same logic Z uses when he decides to switch places with Weaver or pursue Insectopia? He is still only doing what is best for himself. He doesn't want to drown, so he gets the ants to build a ladder that he can use to climb to the top. (laughs) His statement at the end, what are we talking about? We are the colony, may be reminiscent of populism, but it's only an obvious rebuttal to Mandible's conflation of himself with the colony, not a representation of Z's actual beliefs. Does he suddenly believe in the collective good? Where does that epiphany come from is it stated in the text i don't remember that i don't i don't recall mandible likewise also does not learn this lesson but he's the villain so you can't expect that from him princess bala's position does not change either she is still the princess and although she is mating with z uh, supposedly that doesn't mean anything in terms of her societal position it actually makes no
0: sense at all because as the princess you're uh, i guess i don't know if ants actually have princesses but you're the next queen and the queen is the one female that reproduces so even right. having a girlfriend or starting a family with a couple million kids is an absurd prospect on its
1: face <laughs> well like i guess it's possible if you're dating the queen but like how does that where's interaction the interaction work where is the right king? is there is there a king no I don't, there's a the, there's the general <laughs> he's the, <laughs> yeah, he's, but he, the he's waiting for side. his queen right he doesn't have a queen yeah. yet I, I, I don't understand. I don't know what the, how the queen uh, makes new ants. Uh, yeah, that is not explained, nor would I want it to be. <laughs> There's extra seven minutes that you can tack on. Please don't go into the anatomy of how <laughs> ants reproduce. I, don't, not, I do not need to know that. <laughs> the only character that seems to learn this lesson successfully is Cutter. We see him contemplate and doubt the general and ultimately act against him because of his change of heart, which is a powerful moment and I think well-earned. Uh, for that one side character played by Christopher Walken.
0: <laughs> he really steals the, the show at the end. And, he does, and, he does. And he is, I agree with you. That's the only thing he, the only person who grows.
1: Yeah. I, I have a theory. I don't have much to support this, but this is my theory. The reason why we don't get an emotional arc for our main character is because he's played by Woody Allen. Woody Allen's characters are almost always too cool for the screen. They often get the short end of the stick through the plot, but they're always the most witty and enlightened person in the room. Where can you go from there? What lesson could this person possibly absorb? When you conform to an actor's preconceived identity, you lose a valuable tool in your ability to tell a story. Instead of the world changing him, he changes the world. But does he really? Like you said earlier, it's not not in a substantial way. Instead of... uh, (laughs) instead of addressing this uh supposed societal change the camera quickly retreats uh and shows you a new perspective (laughs) um likewise we see the hints of the modern trend of cash grabbing ip expansion where animated movies cast famous actors for all their roles in order to learn kids uh who is this again who is this for again i have a quote here that i'd like to play for you that uh frustrates me you're crazier than I thought. Yeah, well, I happen to have it on a very reliable source, <clears throat> or, or should I say a, a, a drunk raving sauce? But the point is I'm convinced the place definitely exists. The movie is full of these little lines where it spells everything out in such a ham-fisted way. It's not enough for a character to imply anything. All sarcasm and lies are immediately explained. So, okay, this is a movie for children. Except for the parts about going to a bar and drinking from the anus of another creature. Or the ultra-violent war scenes, or how <laughs> horny all the characters are. So this movie is for teens or adults, then. Uh, ones that cannot follow a basic plot with characters that say one thing but mean another. So teens or adults with the minds of children. Got it. Got <laughs> it boom
0: boom got him take that woody allen (laughs) i agree with you though i you know they're way too on the nose with some of this stuff no subtlety at all uh but definitely aimed at adults like uh, i think one of my favorite things about pixar and also just good animated films is that it's a kids movie that has something for adults. I think Ants tries to flip that. It's an adult movie that has something for kids, and that something for kids <laughs> is that it's animated. That's really not enough. So it it, it, it doesn't really work in reverse that way, too. <laughs> you know, if you you can't it really disguise war <laughs> in a way that's going to have a kid not get that it's a harrowing experience, like the the him t- holding Barbados's decapitated head. As a kid, I remember being like, "This is this is screwed up, man. This is so." Don't make my mistake, kid. (laughs) Don't follow what is your whole life. Yeah. Yourself. (laughs) (sighs) Yes. Love it. Which, again, is another example of shoehorning in the ideas in this film. Because why does Barbados say that that's a mistake? Why doesn't? Why isn't he proud to die for the colony? He's been, you know, bred yeah. to do this. This is his whole life's mission. He didn't seem all that upset as he was marching into war. So why would he be upset that he died that way? He should be proud well, that uh, he. You know, everyone else
1: is so short-sighted. Everyone else thinks that uh, you know uh, Z thinks too much, and he he's too clever for his own good. Um, and and everyone else is happy to follow orders until those orders. Uh, lead to their own destruction. Then they re- Then they'll realize that Z was right all along. I see. We should be listening to him.
0: I, I see. I just don't feel like the soldiers. They like the generals. Like you should be proud to die for your colony. Like this is a honor. Like this they is have a sacrifice that sacrifice pre- that I'm willing to make. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and the soldiers don't seem to have a problem with that. So again, it's one of those things where it's you have Z who already believes something. He tells it to Barbados who seems to kind of laugh it off and be like, you're funny, kid. And then when Barbados dies, he's like, Z, here's what you should believe, which is just the thing you already believe. It yes. just doesn't, no, it's exactly it doesn't right. work.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's how you get down to an 83-minute runtime is you, <laughs> you do not have a contradiction that you don't have one character contradict another. You just have one character have a change of heart on on their deathbed and then that that goes through instead of him reflecting on it later and being like you know Bar- like it's so sad what happened to uh barbados but he was wrong he shouldn't he shouldn't have been happy to die in that war it's it's a it's a tragedy it's a loss of life that was unnecessary right but th- that sort of reflection would be too complicated for a character like uh like z because that would require some sort of emotional resonance <laughs> <laughs> well that whole
0: war scene i thought was awesome um as much as it was crazy to have it in a like quote unquote kids movie i really loved how you know nature is scary and things that happen sure. in nature are are kind of like uh messed up you know that's why we we live in society where we don't have to deal with those things but yeah. You know, the whole time I watch this movie, I'm thinking, is this movie Bugs Life? You know, how does this movie compare to Bugs Life? Are they copying Bugs Life? And when I saw this scene, I was like, no, they're copying Starship Troopers. This movie (laughs) ripped off Starship Troopers, which came out a a whole year before this. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. it 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 is very very Starship Troopers.
1: (laughs) It is so similar. (laughs) With the spraying acid and stuff. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Um, Ridiculous. So, Yeah. I um also when I was watching this, I don't know if um actually you have the quote for this, so we'll we'll play this. I have a a quote that I thought was really funny, so we'll listen to it real quick.
1: Think about it, Z. Two ants. Whoever heard of two ants? Two million ants maybe, but two?
0: I loved this line, and before we started recording, you mentioned that maybe you didn't get it. I don't um, get it at
1: all. I <laughs> listened to it now six times, and I don't understand the joke.
0: I think this is a joke on the perspective of ants like this is this is the same thing as making it like uh pointing out the are really tiny compared to a wrapped up sandwich the ants have no conception for individuality the princess Mm. is just pointing out it's like two ants there's never been just two ants who's heard of that two million ants is more reasonable amount of ants to think about at one time not two (laughs) which i thought was hilarious like it really does spell out how Conformed they are to this idea that they are completely uh, unimportant and exist right, and as around. part yeah. of the whole. But to have it as just like a passing comment, I thought worked really, really well. I was like, dude, you can't even, you can just blink and you miss it uh, type comment. So I, I I, loved that. That I thought was actually pretty clever. Um, something I don't think is clever is Z's name.
1: I think Z is a terrible name. That, why Zeep? It's, uh, it's it's kind of uh, it's like who names this guy Elon Musk? Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I've been <laughs> I, I've been you know kind of scouring the internet for other reviews, and one review somebody made like an eight minute video on YouTube where they said the main character's name is Zeep. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Why not? Why not have it be Zeep? Because it's just as meaningless. Although. <laughs> Somebody else said that Z is supposed to point out that he's the least significant of yeah, yeah. all the ants because Z is the last letter of the alphabet. What makes last least in the alphabet? Is A more important than Z? I don't think so. Definitely.
1: Spell you it spelled that way?
0: To, yeah, spelled to Z. You don't have opinions on
1: how like the, the rankings of letters and you think that the alphabetical order is like the appropriate rankings for the importance of letters? Do you know think about that? I don't think that. <laughs> You think, yeah, I like, mean, you know, I like guess there's like, way like way tier important. lists
0: like A, B, C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it's in order already. I come from the Fire <laughs> Emblem school of tier lists where S is the best one. How does that make any ah. sense? S tier is better than A tier. I so see. I, I don't think that the alphabet is necessarily in value order. Wow, Not to right. mention that, <laughs> okay, as much as my name does start with the letter B, I feel like vowels are more valuable than consonants
1: be careful you might upset with that
0: (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say is if somebody wants to assign the meaning of Z's name to being the last letter of the alphabet so least important fine I am going to assign the value of that not being that interesting or important uh, in in this uh, in this movie I actually found out on IMDB.com that Z's full name in the script is Z four one nine five, which if you mm. pay attention to the way that they build the wrecking ball on the digging crew, is just like a numbering system for the ants. Yeah. He, that's how he instructs like large groups of them to do things at the same time. So boring. Doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> bad. Does that mean name. that
1: every that every um there's like a bunch of other ants with the with the first letter Z.
0: Yes, I mean the implication like here is that there's at least four thousand one hundred ninety four other. Well, how ants.
1: did well then how did Weaver and Aztecia and the rest of them get their names?
0: Really good question, solid
1: question. Maybe they nobody else nobody else bothered to give Z a nickname.
0: Potentially, yeah. I mean, he had an anxious Possible. childhood. Maybe that's why, because nobody gave him a real name. Mm. He just goes by Z. I'm Z forty one ninety five. But you can call me Z for short.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> call me Zeep for short. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, so that's uh yeah, that's that. Um all right, are you ready to move on to Easter eggs? I am. Okay, let's do it. What do you got?
1: So I found this really great um blog post on therockisdead.com um that went through the uh, the title of it is the we are the colony the radical politics of dreamworks ants um and it talks a lot about uh this kind of uh alienation from work and like what it means to do all this stuff admits said and it's not uh a very uh coherent film especially the ending doesn't give you a lot but it does like pull some stuff out of it that i thought was was good so i thought that was a good reading uh, in case anyone was interested.
0: Okay. It'll be in the description of this episode, so you can check that out. What I found in the cool Easter eggs was that uh, just by looking up ants in on YouTube, I was recommended a video of ants versus termites from BBC, and I watched cool. an ant army invade ants a termite mound which was just incredible it was it was real war the termites sound the alarm you see them smacking their head against the ground to try to scare off the ants and also let the rest of the colony know that there's invaders and then they're chopping ants in half with their big old jaws but the sheer number of ants overwhelm the termites that's the issue and it that's that's one of the reasons why this movie's unrealistic is because the ants usually win against termites because there's just way way more it's not even close also termites don't spray acid out of their forehead so uh, they they don't have that Um, going for them either
1: did you ever watch any of kurskazat's ant videos no uh they're awesome they have i don't know how many there are there's probably about 10 of them um and they're all about different species of ants and how they fight each other or how they survive and all the different tactics they use fascinating it's so crazy there's there's like really big ants and really small ants and like some of them like sometimes they'll just go to war with each other um there's like there's there's things that like uh parasites that like invade ants and like control them yes. like zombies and stuff yeah all sorts of crazy stuff so uh i highly recommend it those videos are amazing they do you know so much detail and they look so nice so um, check those out.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing. How do they film this stuff? It's like all the ants go into oh, the yeah. termite mound, and then there's cameras in the termite mound, what, and you get to see close-up battles, huh? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. really cool. It's either it's either real or it's way better animation than DreamWorks had access to in
1: 1998. <laughs> I think it's possible it's real. I mean, if you have biologists, it's, no, no like, it, oh, these ants, totally these real. ants are going to be uh, <laughs> uh, fighting these termites, right? So it yeah. was that was that was really cool.
0: Um, cool. that's actually all I've got. I've already mentioned all my other cool Easter eggs, so I think we're ready to bring this conversation to a close. So, as we do at the end Thank God. of every episode <laughs> of Affable Chat, we'll now deliver our ratings. <laughs> I am going to go first on this one. I'm going to give this movie a giant magnifying glass that helps us find a proper ending for this film.
1: Nice. Well, hopefully, it'll burn up the rest of it in the path. <laughs> what about you what uh what rating do you want to give this movie i give this movie a nuisance insect that's in my (laughs) jeans okay (laughs) what is a nuisance insect like a like a bee i don't know maybe like an ant or something and it's like you know in your drawers or like khakis you know maybe uh well what's another word for that uh
0: another word for an ant
1: no, <laughs> for like uh, so, you something you wear in the bottom half of your body.
0: Your oh, your uh, britches.
1: Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Answer my britches.
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sounds annoying. Uh, <laughs> I saw a uh, uh, I saw a TikTok on Instagram that was a guy saying we should rename every NBA team to have their mascot be the animal. With the highest population in their area. There's no grizzly bears Mm. in Memphis, so we should change them to the Memphis Ants. Here's every (laughs) other team in the NBA. The Oklahoma City Ants. The Atlanta (laughs) Ants. The Charlotte Ants. (laughs) (laughs) The Miami
1: Ants.
0: (laughs) Which is hilarious.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's really funny.
0: (laughs) Uh, So there you go. We talked about ants with a Z on Affable Chat. Joey, what's next?
1: Next, we are doing Dune, part two. Yes. Um, And uh, hopefully with some special guests.
0: That's right. And whether these special guests are related to the next episode or not, uh, you should also, you know, if you're listening to this episode, you're probably a big fan of Affable Chat. Uh, you should check out the Super Bracket Brothers, which is another podcast that we collaborate closely with. Joey and I were just on an episode with them, and there's going to be more to come. So you're going to want to head on over to them and and make sure you're queued up to see more Affable Chat guest appearances on Super Bracket Brothers. It's they they're battling characters against each other and it's yeah they're gearing up cool. for a
1: a a, um, a whole new way to, that uh of uh comparing characters than they ever did before having uh role playing and battles together it's uh, very exciting so yeah we were on episode one of this latest season season six so we're um we're so excited for those guys and we're really happy to, to work with them so closely
0: yeah it's cool you got to check it out if you like hearing our voices you got to listen to our voices over there
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. AffableChat.com
0: is your new favorite website on the internet. There you can find the latest from us and all our social media
1: accounts and our email address, affablechat at gmail.com. If you like this episode, then tell a friend about it. All you have to say is, you think too much. Have you considered listening to (laughs) Affable (laughs) Chat? That's going to do it for this episode. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey.
0: Thanks for listening.